The Lord takes delight in his people. The Lord truly takes delight in each one of us. And that's another reason that Jesus has given himself to us in the Eucharist. God's love has brought us into being and continually sustains our existence. And although we're already created in the image and likeness of God, Jesus wants to live inside of us through the Eucharist so that he might transform us day by day into a more perfect image of himself. So if we want to bear fruit in our lives, then we have to remain rooted in the Eucharist. Our journey with the saints now takes us to our own country and to St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, the first native-born U.S. citizen to be canonized by the Church. Born in 1774, she grew up in a wealthy Episcopalian family in New York. And by all accounts, she was a very devout Christian, an avid reader, especially of the scriptures. She was rooted in Christ through her education and prayer, but something essential seemed to be missing. At age 19, she was married to William Seton, and their marriage was very happy. William's business was successful, and together they had five children. However, after only nine years of marriage, William's health and business failed, and they soon traveled to Italy, where the doctors were hopeful that a warmer climate would ease his tuberculosis. And while in Italy, Elizabeth befriended many Catholics who were business partners with her husband. And their example, their example of joy and of hope and of faith, led her to uh, consider the Catholic faith. But it was mainly her desire for the Eucharist that led her into the Catholic Church. Because if the Eucharist is truly the body and blood of Christ, then that made all the difference in the world. And she wanted to receive Jesus in all his fullness. Although William died in Italy, Elizabeth became Catholic a few years later, and upon receiving her first Holy Communion, she wrote, At last, at last, God is mine, and I am his. But she still faced much opposition for her conversion, especially from her neighbors and also her in-laws. It likely reminded her of the words of Christ in the Gospel, that whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. So humanly speaking, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton was alone, but she relied on the newfound strength that she had in Christ in the Eucharist. She had found what was missing. While raising her children, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton then founded the Sisters of Charity of St. Joseph, and she moved from New York to Baltimore and later to Emmitsburg, Maryland, where she continued planting the seeds of the Catholic faith in our own country. She died at the age of 46 and is buried in Emmitsburg, not far from where I attended seminary at Mount St. Mary's. And it was beautiful to, to go to her shrine, which you can still go to today, and to pray where she is buried at the, at the shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. She was canonized by Pope Paul VI in 1975 and also has a special connection to our diocese because she is a co-patron of the Diocese of Arlington. Now, the will of God was primary for St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, and she saw God's hand in everything, even in the persecutions and the hardships that she faced. But how is it God's will when people die, people that we love, when they pass from this world to the next? Well, we have to look to the example in the life of Christ. Although mysterious to us, it was the will of the Father that Jesus died. Jesus himself said in the Garden of Gethsemane, Not my will, but yours be done. And this is a difficult prayer to say, 
but it's one that we have to say each and every day of our lives many times. By laying down his life, Jesus was able to take it up forever in eternity, and it's the same for us as well. So on the one hand, it's natural and proper to grieve at the death of a loved one. Even Jesus wept at the tomb of his friend Lazarus. But we don't grieve as people without hope. We have great confidence in the resurrection of Jesus. Our saint believed that God was able to carry her through any difficulty, even the death of her husband, even the death of two of her five children. So even after the the death of her young husband, after only nine years of marriage, she didn't despair. Although she was physically separated from her beloved husband, she knew that she remained united with him in Christ. If our deceased loved ones are alive in Christ, and we truly believe that they are, even in death, then we're only as far away from someone as the nearest tabernacle. And St. Elizabeth Ann Seton believed that with all her heart. So this is another reason that we have to spend time with our Eucharistic Lord, who unites us all as one family of believers. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton once said, The more we are united to Christ, the nearer we are to those who believe in him. The nearer we are to Christ, the nearer we are to those who believe in him. So even if we have lost a loved one, we can go to Jesus, truly present in the tabernacle, and pour out our grief before him. And we can also pray for, and yes, speak to our deceased loved ones, for all of us are united in Christ. Having considered a few details about the life of this sacrificial woman, let's now take a look at Christ's sacrifice and how the Mass is a sacrifice. The word sacrifice means to make holy, and in every sacrifice, a death is required. In the Old Testament, animals were offered up in sacrifice to the Lord. In the New Testament, the sacrificial death is the death of Christ on the cross. Now, in the Jewish mind, to remember something didn't just mean to recall a past event. It meant to make that event present by celebrating it anew. So the Passover, for example, was celebrated each and every year on the anniversary to call to mind, but more importantly, to make present again the saving power of God who freed the people from slavery in Egypt. So we do the exact same thing in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. God is outside of time, and so the one perfect sacrifice of Jesus is being renewed or represented on every altar throughout the world. Jesus isn't being killed over and over again. Rather, the sacrifice of Christ and the sacrifice of the Eucharist are one single sacrifice. So the same Christ who offered his life on the cross in a bloody manner is contained and offered in an unbloody manner on this altar in this church. So if you close your eyes at Mass, at this Mass, And imagine yourself as being truly present with Our Lady and with St. John the Beloved at the foot of the cross, you would be absolutely correct, because this is the sacrifice of Calvary. Every time the Mass is offered, the work of our redemption is carried out. And incidentally, that's why a priest is called a priest, and not just a minister or a preacher. A priest offers sacrifice, in this case, the sacrifice of Jesus. And Jesus is really the true high priest. He offered himself as a victim on the cross. 
And so every human priest merely shares in the one priesthood of Jesus Christ. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton once said that God is everywhere in the very air I breathe, yes, everywhere. But in his sacrament of the altar, he is actually present and really within my soul as within my body. In his sacrifice daily offered as really as once offered on the cross. So this is something that St. Elizabeth Ann Seton knew and she lived. And she knew that the sacrifice of Jesus was really present on every altar. The same sacrifice that he laid down his life on the cross, he continues to give himself to us anew in the Eucharist. So by participating in the sacrifice of the Mass, we are participating in the sacrifice of Jesus. And then we learn from Christ how to become people of sacrifice. Remember, a sacrifice is something holy. So we learn how to become people of sacrifice, to become saints, and to give our lives for others. Why are we left here on earth while certain loved ones are called into eternity? Well, God must still have certain tasks for us to accomplish. We could look to the life of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, a patron saint of widows and widowers. After her husband's death, she raised her children, she founded a religious order, she taught countless children, and she prayed without ceasing. Even though her husband died young, she went on to do great things for God and his church. She never lost the pain and the sadness caused by the death of her family members, but she was able to find God amid the pain. Sometimes, and we all know this from experience, Jesus lifts us to the top of the cross to see things from his perspective. And contemplating the cross of Jesus helps us to carry on in the midst of human suffering, even when that suffering is very personal. Even though St. Elizabeth Ann Seton was rejected and misunderstood, especially by her own family, and so she experienced the truth of those words we heard from Jesus in the gospel today about the rejection that his followers would face, she remained true to Jesus. Her love for the Eucharist superseded human respect, human logic, and even grief itself. So the very fact that we are still living today reminds us that God still has work to, for us to do until that day when he calls us to himself. As Jesus said in the gospel, he said, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. So today we bring the pain. We bring our pain and our burden uh, of our suffering. Any suffering, any pain, we bring that to the Lord today, and we seek the refreshment that he alone can provide. His grace is sufficient for us, and he hasn't left us to face pain and death alone. Rather, he's left us his abiding presence in the Eucharist as food for our journey, the journey which leads to eternal life in heaven. May God bless you.